Hey, did you know that the podcast you're listening to right now is actually part of a network of podcasts dubbed the Amazing Friends Podcast Network, Ethan Parker Smith? I did, Griffin Sheridan. And did you know that for other great podcasts, comics, and more, you can visit SheridanandSmith.com? Huh. No shit. Stag. Man and his amazing friend. Ryan Stegman. Yes. <laughs> This is episode 53 of your very own podcast. Uh-huh. First episode of a new year, apparently, even though we we didn't do it every week, so it's really like been a little <laughs> But it's kind of like we did an episode every week for a full year, and now this is the second year. Wow, congratulations. Hey, congratulations. thank you. Congrats to you guys. Hey. Actually, it's your guys' podcast. We haven't introduced on... you yet. Could you shut up, please? Yeah. You've already ruined this podcast up. enough. Please. Did he there's, just tell me to shut the there's fuck a, up? There's a certain <laughs> etiquette to these things, Riley. You'll learn. You'll learn about it by the by your third, fourth episode. When you're at Donny Kate's level number of episodes, yeah, then you can do whatever. You know, sometimes you're still sitting outside, but it's fine. I was gonna say it's your guys' stupid show, not Ryan's, because you've done more episodes than him. But that's true. That's true. Fuck true. you guys. No, you didn't want the compliment. Fuck you. Uh-huh. You're be wow. you're a piece of shit. It's all right, Riley. You're always going to kick our ass in Mario Kart, though. That's all that fucking matters. That's true. You guys haven't even seen me. I was just up the stairs <laughs> doing time trials just now. Oh, he's getting ready. <laughs> he's getting ready. <laughs> Ryan, how's your week going? Oh, I guess we should introduce that other voice from the heavens above here. It's Riley Rosmo. What's up, Riley? You've been on the show before. Welcome back. Mm-hmm. Thank What's you. What's Riley Rosmo worked on? Why don't you tell the fans that? He had there, he did. Yeah, Hellboy, Omac, um, Silver Surfer. None of these are true. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> the Batman Who Laughs is your biggest thing, probably, right? Well, what about Bat Batman? Yeah, <laughs> Batman. Yeah, you did some issues, <laughs> right? And Steve Orlando. Uh huh. What else have you done? Some other bullshit. Some other bullshit. He can yeah. look it up. He did Everyone a lot of books early in his career where you couldn't decipher anybody's faces. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you should show? Is there a video for this? Or is this, are mm. we just no, having not video? Videos, no. just okay, so everyone can look up Wagon Wheel Comics, The Yeti. Mm-hmm. Yeah. it's called, Ryan? I think it's called Teddy and the Yeti. It's a Wagon Wheel comic exclusive uh-huh. that was early Ryan Stegman art that my oh, friend the, Travis sent to me earlier. today. The well, earliest. It's it's actually not the earliest. I did have something published when I was 15, but I've never seen it. What? Uh, is yeah, it Andromeda, Andromeda Jones? Is that what it's called? And the Yeti? Yeah, yeah I oh, started wow. that when I was, I think it was 19 when I did that. Text, um, text them the art, Ryan. Text them the art. I'm I'll, looking I'll at it right now. A special thank you to Travis Sungaus for making me aware of this. Mm. My friend Travis sent me some photos of the book, and it's really, really good art. Teddy, really good. You should be proud of it. You never, that's, you don't think any of your art's bad. That's that's not true. That you know that's not true. <laughs> well, in the moment, you think everything is the best. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Well, mm, yeah, I guess I just need to be told it's the best. <laughs> uh, and, then, and then I go through a period where I believe that it's the worst, but it's okay because then I'm, I'm like, well, what I'm doing now is the best. 
Mm-hmm. And then I yeah. think it's the wor- that becomes the worst, and then you know on and on and on. Well, whatever whatever you think, the internet says that it was voted zero stars by zero users. So, oh, um, that was on Comic <laughs> Roundup. <laughs> <laughs> this is all the sites. This is the the the, the ac- internet. accumulation of everyone's opinions. I should go. I should go review it. Put it. Give it one <laughs> review that's five stars. Stagnant <laughs> show. What a beast he will become. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Welcome to Stegman and his amazing friends, everybody. Ryan Riley. Get us into the show. The Supple Boys. I'm Griffin. That's Ethan. We're all Hi. here. Ryan, how's your week going? Uh, I'll tell you guys something. Mm-hmm. Um, I decided that for the entire month of September, I will not be drinking any alcohol. <laughs> oh, big call. Uh, so my week no. is not going well. <laughs> Three days in. It sucks. Um, I already regret this decision, but I put money on the line with some friends, All right. and I can't lose. So speculators go get it. It's the first appearance of attentive Ryan Stegman. <laughs> sober, sober Ryan. What are we talking about this week? Well, we got another book club type episode. Last time Riley was on the show, actually, we did a book club for Dark Knight Returns: Golden Child, uh, one shot that came out last year. And that was a lot of fun. I really liked that episode. And so we thought maybe we'd do another something like that this week. This week we're talking about some Hellboy Midnight Ooh. Circus. Whoa! Ryan? Spooky. Riley? You, spooky. you guys going to start off? Uh, who picked this? Riley, did you pick it? Yeah, I let him. I you want to talk it. about why you picked this? I tried to think of something short that Ryan would read. Mm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and this was it. All right. Well, was this or the Nom or a Jinji Ito thing? And Jinji Ito is too advanced for him. No, I've read a lot of Jinji Ito. I just thought nah, that he doesn't get it. You did. You said Hellblazer, or oh yeah, they said Hellblazer Ito. too. And then yeah. uh, you said there was a book that I hadn't read that was Hellboy, and it was drawn by Duncan Fregredo, and I was like, uh, yes, that one, please. Yeah, and you thought, why haven't I read that? Yeah, so yeah. that's where we're at. I think, uh, so it's a 60-page, maybe, graphic novel. It came mm-hmm. out as it originally. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, I think it's just like a showcase for Duncan Fogredo, really. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, yep. think it, I think it's the last Hellboy thing he did. Okay. I would say that Duncan Fogredo is like, I don't know, he's got to be like top 10 at least living artists, comic book artists. So good. He's incredible. And maybe top five. I can't. I. I. I'm not gonna go try go through going through and uh, figuring out who would be where. But uh, number one, Ryan Stegman. Number one, me. Number two, Riley Rossmo. Yeah. Okay. And then after that, there's like three empty spaces. Then Duncan Figueredo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Am I wrong in thinking that Hellboy is like super underappreciated? Like I feel like people no. don't talk about Hellboy enough. I think that they do. I think that there was it had its moment, and now everybody just knows that it's this great thing that okay. you know you, you go back to or whatever. Um, I would like to. So the first time that I came across Duncan Fagredo's artwork was when he did um, Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was I was young. I I probably was like fifteen or sixteen, and. Uh, I remember getting this Jay and Silent Bob and I looked at the art a little bit and I was like, hmm. you know, like his style wasn't, it didn't have a million lines. It wasn't like, uh, you know, they weren't in your face. 
um, you know, doing super crazy foreshortening or whatever. And so at first I was like, I don't know. But -hmm. I was such a fan of Kevin Smith that I was going to buy this thing and read it. And I got to about, I remember getting to about page 10 and just being like, oh my God, this is like the best art I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not like at all what I wanted to do. Um, but it's just the, the, the mundane daily stuff that he can make interesting is totally insane. Like throughout this entire book, um, the way that he depicts fabric and expressions and everything, it's just, I mean, it's, it's off the charts. It's something that I, I can't even wrap my head around how you would begin to do something like that. It's such good acting. It's sort of like, like Jamie Hewlett. It reminds me of Jamie Hewlett sometimes, like how loose the character's limbs are and stuff. Mm. Like he does, you know, the thing that that Fergrado does sometimes, especially when he's doing funnier stuff, that the character's limbs are all bent mm-hmm. and nine, 90 degrees in, yeah. like two, in two spots, and it's awesome. It's kind of like, <laughs> it's a little bit Jack Davis-y in that sense, but he's, his finish is so different. That, But the other thing that he does, so like... <sighs> while i was reading this and i was i was just kind of noticing it again uh is he keeps the camera at a distance that i would be uncomfortable keeping it at myself when i'm doing a comic book but i mean again he's doing something totally different than me but he is so not afraid to uh pull back and have you know the environment do a lot of the talking and uh he's also a master at drawing every character to be very distinct looking. Mm-hmm. They all look different, but they, but he's consistent every single time he draws them. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, they are consistently, they look the same. So it's, which is mind blowing to me because you'll notice like you'll have your Jim Lee's and uh, Mark Silvestri. These guys mm-hmm. that I hold up on this pedestal is these great mainstream comic book artists. And the truth is, and I do it too we only have so many faces that we can draw. Um, and uh, the, Duncan Figueredo just seems to be able to draw any human being from any angle. I don't get it. I don't <laughs> even know how to draw and, and they're different people, even when they're the same body types. You know, like, yeah. I, if I draw two people with dark hair, yeah. sometimes I'm like, uh, you know, like Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. Yeah, I've got. There's a problem here, right? That's not the case with him. I can guarantee if he drew if he drew Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent in the same book, you would be able to instantly tell which one was which. Which uh hardly any artist can pull that off. And and without exaggerating, like in a representational kind of way, like I would just figure out a way to do it so it's like so sort of like silly that you're like, oh, it, it makes sense, right? But yeah, yeah. I'm trying to get the next page to load, but it's. This like this whole thing was a masterclass for anybody that hasn't read it. Um, there you should first of all, mm-hmm. and second of all, the, what happens in this book is there's it's basically like Riley said it's like a showcase for Duncan Figueroa's work, and he um, definitely is part of what he's doing is there's I think there's there's what four different styles in this book. Where he's drawing, uh, yeah. There's in at four least styles. three. There's, yeah, there's, there's the, four. There's four. Four. There's cool. the Mignola-esque finish, mm-hmm. which is his traditional finish. Mm-hmm. Um, there's he does full washes on some pages when they get to the circus. Ah, he does that's a sort crazy. of halt. There's Pope-y, the storybook. Yeah, mm-hmm. That what mm-hmm. you're doing there. The, that storybook stuff looks like Paul Pope to me. 
and then, and then he has photo the, the pencil-y stuff too yeah yeah yep where he's he's got this pencil style which is uh you know oh, it's crazy <laughs> it's crazy and then you you look you look at the environments well here's something that i appreciate and i don't know i was thinking about this and i'll ask you riley if you feel this way um when so we we've got these environments and everything every single environment has like three point perspective he's never just like planting the camera and then looking at the scene and it's not something i do i i will have shots like that but i don't uh it feels like he's going out of his way to do that on every single one which gives it a, i think it gives it a more cinematic feel or a photographic feel i'm not sure um what what his thinking is on why he does that but it's it's awesome and i think that i need to incorporate that more i can't decide if i need to incorporate it more actually is what i'm getting at why he moves why he moves the camera so much no not why he moves it or the environment he's, he's always it's every environment is like a three point perspective off kilter uh, there's nothing straight there's nothing straight on at the camera so you're almost getting I, th- I feel like it's it, Frank Quitely is very much this way too, where there's, I feel like it it creates a sort of voyeuristic feel where you're a, you're like almost like a spy on everything that's mm-hmm. happening. Mm-hmm. Well, and they like, kind of sorry, it kind of works for Hellboy's sort of position as POV in this story is that yeah, fly on the wall, and so that whole pulled back sense to really capture the fact that Hellboy's just standing there and seeing all of this kind of happen in front of him right I think it really it's would. kind of it's kind of neat too because he, he he does have such like a mignola flavor to his work which i don't i mean i do think he's influenced by mignola but it probably also has to do with dave stewart riley you're making so much noise sorry uh, i gotta order pizza i'm hungry you want to order the pizza and then we can continue <laughs> yeah because cut that out Whatever, you guys have so many rules. <laughs> yeah, we, we run, we run a really tight ship here at Stegman and his amazing friends. Well, I don't know where the noise is coming from. This is bullshit. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to do other things. You got to talk to me. I am. I am. All right. I no am. more. Over there we go. There we go. Okay. So, what did you guys read it? Read it in. No, I was I was making a point. Now shut Fine, up. Fine, make your point again. Uh, I was saying that he has like a very Mignola um, look to his stuff, but his approach to storytelling is a thousand percent different than Mignola's in the way that, the way the places that he puts the camera. Mignola very much will have that sort of straight on shot that, uh, and and that's the way he kind of does Hellboy, and then so. You look at this and it almost looks similar, but then the feel of it is completely different. Yeah, like the placements of, of shadows is the same, but it's I Manolo's mean, stuff is more, um, which is flatter. It like is. It's weird that for, for Grado's stuff is like he's doing the same things as Mignola, but the environments give it a sense of like it give it gives it depth. Yeah, but it's not like Mignola. It's not like I I miss that depth or don't like the uh, the flatness of like I like how he makes it flat and how everything is this sort of perfect little statue you know each panel is yeah. like it's a little statue mm-hmm. yeah but uh i also like this so i don't know it's we it's, it's like messing with my head because i'm like who's doing it right am i doing it wrong is Pegredo 
<laughs> just that much smarter well, than and me. It's, it's Hellboy. Like, I think that if you showed it to somebody who was like, if I showed it to my dad, right? I don't think he, he would. Th- I think he would think they're the same because yeah. for Grado is borrowing all the cool Mignola stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's that's true. true. Yeah, dads are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say, uh, page nineteen, or at least nineteen of the digital version, is I think the moment that it really like just absolutely ensnares you the art uh, i'm talking about like look at this page oh, with yeah. the uh, the clown on it here and, and isn't then there the, the, the a couple page pages well. before that it transfers that clown changes style right yeah yeah because he clown, shows up clown he's goes, in the regular style he's like graphic he's just yeah. lines and then he turned the page i think and mm-hmm. that's like the the visual cue to enter the fantasy world well it mostly switches i would or is say it before that you do see the clown, but the switch happens when Hellboy comes over this uh, this like bush area, and he's literally oh, yeah, he's yeah. still drawn like it, but the tents in the background. He looks over. He looks over the hill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But this clown, he looks so goddamn sad in this panel. For greatest yeah, art, yeah, makes me feel how <laughs> so sad. And then the rest of the circus comes out and walks around and does their little dance, and it's just fucking crazy what you're talking about. The sort of very individualistic design going on here is incredible, and especially in in this panel, these panels right here, page twenty, when all the characters yeah. coming out, and then immediately followed up by this total change in Dave Stewart's coloring uh, when the uh, when is this Satan arrives? <laughs> it's awesome. Oh, he's like a yeah, an uncle or something. I was. I, there are two things I would like kill to know. Hellboy's uncle or something. Yeah. There, there are two things that I would kill to know. Number one, mm-hmm. how long did this full issue take, Duncan Figueredo? Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, I'm really curious as to how much uh, photo reference he uses. Not 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 for costumes and stuff. Obviously, he has to use reference for costumes. But I mean, like, is that clown based on? a photo of a clown that he has or taken or something, well, you know? And, and is the Hellboy, like the Hellboy, kid Hellboy, sometimes I'm like, is that a model? Like, does he have an action figure or something? Because mm-hmm. some of the, some of the rendering on the head is, you yeah. know, especially in gray is, mm. is incredible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that his design is really cool. It kind of like, looks like a little ape. I like that also that Hellboy was just born with male pattern baldness. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And in oral fixation, he's always he's stealing these cigarettes at the beginning of the book. Still, that's so good. Yeah. yeah. So, do did you guys find is there like what's what sort of kicks off the the journey? Like it just sort of happens. Mm. Is it just like most Hellboy stuff that just? Well, he runs away because he runs away to um b- because he they they say that he's a little kid or something and he can't mm-hmm. know something, so yeah. he steals a oh, cigarette yeah, yeah. like to show that he's guys an adult. Are talking about mm-hmm. girls. Right, and he right. says, I'm hell man. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when he sees the clown and he sees the sign for the circus. And it was all obviously like a, a uh, plot to get him to come to this hell circus. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Like that, that's the main idea. And then they, they, well, cause his, his aunt wants to kill him or his uncle wants to kill him. His aunt wants to kill him. Right. Yeah. Why? Do we know? To start, stop the apocalypse? Or start the apocalypse sooner? Or... I don't know. I don't know. I've read all the Hellboy stuff, and 
like for me it works best the short stories like chain coffins a really good collection of short stories i started to lose track when it's all the different dukes of hell and stuff like mm-hmm. when they make a, a guest appearance you're like ah, it's some sort of hell guy it's fine he does his thing but when they reference to like the the bigger plan and the summoning of the you goth patriarchs i just get confused and i do think that for the most part this book as we said is was a showcase so the most important thing is just how pretty it looks but there was some cool stuff like i really like the narrative uh that that book that um mignola referenced i can't remember what it was called visions and something else and where they run that uh narration throughout the entire thing and uh they talk about despair the pits of despair and all that stuff that was cool and then the pinocchio parallels between Hellboy and and Pinocchio was was fun and that's not, pretty and not, cool. Yeah. Not overdone. It was very you know. Yeah. It, he could have really hammered that home and been like, look how smart I am and what I've come up with, but he really just kind of put it in there and. Yeah. It's you know. super cool to see Hellboy amongst that sort of imagery, uh, the circus stuff, and specifically you know being in the belly of the whale. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, that's page that. thirty-seven. That, that is so good. It's so good. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I will say, we're talking about it being a showcase for the art, which I definitely agree. Um, and I think a real telltale sign of that for me is when I'm reading comics. I'm reading comics and comicsology on my iPad. I'm using guided panel view, which is usually great. And I'm always, I, I, I can get into guided panel view. Uh, but this one, I had to turn that shit off because, god damn, the fucking layouts, everything about it was so enthralling i would say yeah the layout you, you normally read comics in the guided panel view it depends i think if i'm if i'm there to try and just kind of get through you know and and read it and you know get the story homework. out of it and it's homework sure and especially the, on the older best... books like if it's silver <laughs> yeah. age stuff i feel yeah. like it's it helps a lot to blow up those panels because it's so dense yeah yeah so many words yeah <laughs> but and i think it'll the book's that I think should be read outside of guided panel view page by page, I think will reveal themselves sort of naturally to me uh, because I'll be going a couple panels in and be like, I got to take a step back because this all looks like it's super sweet. Do you and guys as artists hate the, fi- the guided panel view? Are you against it? Yeah. Riley does, but I'm not. I'm not I, a- I despise it. <laughs> I, I feel like that. I understand. To, like, I definitely understand. The whole page. Mm-hmm. And then after you like engage the whole page, then you your brain guided views it. But I it's kind of wish... it's still in the context of the whole thing. Yeah. Because sometimes the, where the panel's context within the page is important still. Absolutely. Yeah. I kind of right. wish it would that guided panel view started with the full page reveal, yeah. and then you could tap and go in. You can that's literally. Yeah. Can I mean I know sometimes it does that, but I, no, I don't uh, know. You can. You can that's a, a setting, setting you can do is uh, on. On entry or on exit, you can have it to. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, I know that either. Well, fuck you. You learn something new every day. But I definitely agree with what you're saying, Riley. Um, and so for that reason, for that sake, that's why I don't. I wouldn't use it on. Riley's analog, analog to his, to analog for for life. That's just the way it is. But I mean, I do agree with you sometimes. Like I think when i'm going to bed i don't want to read a, a book on my i don't want to read a comic book on my i don't want to read a real book well i read like if there's like some like super action thing like right now i'm reading empire 
um, mm-hmm. on paper. And I feel like for, for whatever reason that I would be just as happy reading it digitally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I can't tell you why, like I, something like about modern superhero comics. Sometimes it doesn't bother me, but if, I mean, I'd rather read it on paper I, and I can't tell you why I just prefer paper. Like I like the experience. I think there's something to be said about like action uh, being read on, on a tablet because it's so much brighter. There's something about it. I think that kind of lends itself to something like an action yeah. sequence. And yeah, that's true. And the like the backlight colors, mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. I think they, they just look pop. Better. Yeah, they absolutely. So, of course, they're pretty great. Yeah. The detail, the uh, the amount of detail you can get reading on a tablet if you got a nice display on there. Like reading this on the iPad here was incredible because I could just zoom in and see, especially that bit where he switches to uh, to pencils mm-hmm. for the the dudes that are being here. Yeah, because and that's Holy like shit. that's one throwaway panel. Actually, what's interesting. Yeah. Um, so I was wondering how you guys read it because they put out a, a collection um, maybe a month ago that was like a complete Hellboy short stories. Mm-hmm. And it has, <clears throat> it has, de- it has, you know, some sketches and stuff. Whereas like the, even the, the paper version that yeah. my version has nothing in it. It's just the story. Mm-hmm. So they put out this new version and there's sign the, um, the signs of the performers in the sideshow. Mm-hmm. Those were like nine by 12 paintings. Ah, oh, no shit. That he paint, like, they look no big. shit. Like, yeah, there's like a whole, there's 12 of them or something. So he painted all those big to shrink them down as his mm-hmm. background element. That's just right. like this throwaway thing. Right. That's so good. This that. is the, the Hellboy, the complete short stories volume one. I think so. It's full yeah. of Richard Corbin. It has that at the beginning, then Richard Corbin and Magnolia all mixed through it. There's a lot of that I haven't read. I got to fucking jump into that. That sounds so fun. Or do I yeah, want, so they, the do I want the Omnibus? Yeah. Oh man, I want this. Okay. <laughs> Welcome back to another segment. Ryan buys things on Amazon during the show. <laughs> yeah. He's back. Griffin and I were just talking before the show that his Mignola's Twitter is one of my favorites because every little piece that he posts, I'm just like, ugh, ugh. For the past six months. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. He's, so good. Yeah. So he, he's been killing it lately. Oh yeah. He has the. It's the dream to develop a style that you're the only one that can really do, mm-hmm. and right. you can just draw the most mundane thing, and people go crazy over it, right? Like, yeah, right. And every time I see something that he draws, I'm like, oh, how do you make that look cool? You know. <laughs> and in the weirdest, thing. lumpiest, like unattractive way, yeah. it's gorgeous. You know what yeah, I mean? Well, but he, it's, not, it's like. So it's it's like we've made gone, out of clay kind of. Yeah, <laughs> we've yeah, gone yeah. along with him as his style has developed too. He didn't just like suddenly become, you know, go from one thing to another. He, if you look at his stuff, like I I bought that Wolverine collection, um, that, you know, is a Mark Silvestri Wolverine collection, and the the first issue is actually a Mignola book because it's like leading you into where the story was when you start this new volume. And it's the Mignola and Simonson one. And it's really cool. Like he's, you can see all the elements of like what he's planning on or like how he wants to do things, but he can't quite do it yet. And then you watch as he did that Dracula, um, Bram Stoker's Dracula, the movie adaptation where he really leaned into the heavy. What, well, I mean, obviously there's things in between. There was the Gotham by Gaslight where he started to really hone his style. Then you get the Dracula where he, he was doing that like very two dimensional black, heavy, black, heavy, you know, mm-hmm. thing. Then you get your Hellboy. And then even on Hellboy, 
you watch slowly as his style evolves into something else. Mm-hmm. And now it's this this thing that's just, I mean, honestly, you can't replicate it ever. I mean, who the Absolutely. fuck? How does he? How does he make Mr. Peanut look so cool? What the yeah. fuck? That's so good. <laughs> well, that's and so when good. you when you look at his stuff, like from the the beginning when he started working, um, and there's an artist edition of Hellboy in Hell, and when that art, the Hellboy in Hell art, when the art, like that's mm-hmm. the last Hellboy art, when it's on eleven by seventeen page, some mm-hmm. of those small panels you can't even tell what it is. Right. <laughs> like, and then, and then when it shrinks down, you're like, oh, that's somebody's cheekbone. It's the side of their nose. Like, all of a sudden, this thing like comes into focus. But mm-hmm. at that size, there's just nothing there. Like, it, right. there is, but like his mind is working at print size, but he's drawing it at eleven by seventeen. That's crazy. It's he, crazy. He, he's one of those he, guys that I feel like does. Does he have a head injury? <laughs> <laughs> does he have like a head injury that makes him some sort of weird genius that like is experiencing art on a different level different than me level you know yeah. getting information from another dimension yeah yeah he did, he did mike and sully from monsters inc the other day it's so fucking good who do you guys would you say there's any other artists out there that you you would think have done a similar thing with their style with their career that they are to a point where someone can do that our friend scotty young he does those baby variants people love that baby shit they love it (laughs) (laughs) love it so much can you say your question again what was it any other artists similar to mignola that have have developed such a style to a point where they can do these commissions these little doodles and it's it's like high art almost it's it's somebody's it's an artourship almost. Uh, I think Scotty's Scotty does that. I think that yeah. James Heron kind of does that. Like how they draw makes anything special. That's how I but, feel yeah. about Magnolia. Is like whatever he draws, it's special because he drew it. He sees right. the thing, the thing in it. Yeah, Scott. Yeah, Scotty for sure. Yeah. James too, probably. I don't know. There's, I don't know. Not very many people, anyways. Yeah, not, not, ma- think, not, not Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say you not go very ahead. many. Not very many people can do the tiniest doodle. Like, I feel like yeah. you could, Mignola could put down like eight lines, and I'd be like, Mignola did that. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, I don't know. I'm looking at my bookshelf, and I'm, I don't think so. There's not. Mm-hmm. No, I wasn't even. I, that's why I asked, because I couldn't think of any, because it is a very unique, very special, and rare something that I don't know. Maybe Frank Miller. Mm hmm. Mhm. Mhm. Rob Liefeld. That's Rob not. Liefeld. That's not really a joke, honestly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, draws, I mean, I know yeah, it's Rob totally. Liefeld. Fuck totally. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Uh, Cor- I think Richard Corbin. Everything Corbin draws is Corbin. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's it. There's, there's no mistaking what it is. Mm-hmm. Right. That's sweet. So everybody that Mike Mignola works with, Guy Davis. Yeah. He, yeah. That's true. Guy Davis is there too. Yeah. That's what he must like. He, well, he just looks and he says, sees people that are doing something that is completely unique, and that's what he likes. Hell yeah. Tyler, Tyler Crook drew a bunch of stuff over there. Yeah. He just picks people. That, yeah. That's kind of crazy, actually. Now that I think about it, that's kind of crazy. That, like, mm-hmm. Paolo Rivera, ah, he, so his stuff is more representational than, you know, say, some of those other people, but... I think Guy Davis mm-hmm. deserves great yeah. some like acclaim in the same way that um mm-hmm. for Grado does. Have you guys mm-hmm. ever read uh, Enigma? Mm-hmm. Do you know what that is? 
it's a, a superhero book that Duncan Figueroa did with uh, Pete Milligan, and it was it's a Vertigo book. I think he, I think he did it before um, Clerks. So oh my he did god, this, this looks crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's like Figueroa. He did it by like putting a Sinkevich finish on the clerk stuff. It's, it's like, because he was doing a Vertigo book, he had to put a million lines. Like, he's like, well, I have to make this sort of look like Dave McKean, but the cartooning underneath is still Fregredo. And then he go, he went from there to do Clerks, and Clerks is more like Jamie Hewlett kind of cartooning. Mm. Like, it's, oh, it's this like, is neat. Yeah, I haven't seen yeah. this before. It's, it's a this crazy is, this book. Is most, it's really the most good. Vertigo thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it's so Vertigo, right? And he did a book there called, I think called Girl or Girls that's really good. There's some like lost books that he did at Vertigo that are sort of just gone. So he has, I, he has a bigger I love this of... cover. I love this one. That's so cool. Was it? Is it a good book? Is it good to read? Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Ryan's I, I, gonna I, buy it right now. I really yeah, like yeah. it. It's sort of like a Twin Peaks superhero comic. Sweet. That sounds awesome. Uh, real quick, I think maybe can we toss Bruce Tim in there? Maybe Bruce oh, Tim. No question. Yeah. No doubt. I was gonna say Darwin, but. The whole the whole look of <laughs> everything DC animated did the for like the back half of the nineties and the early two thousands is just his style. Oh, Kirby, Kirby can Kirby. doodle anything, yeah. and you did. Oh, oh. yeah, no question. Well, I was Kirby thinking, I was thinking like guys right course. now. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, there's there's plenty of guys throughout history that you could. Uh, yeah, but Kirby, like Kirby is the maybe Kirby is the Manila of that era. Because if Kirby yeah. drew, if Kirby drew like a My Little Pony or Mr. Peanut, you'd be like, that's a Kirby Mr. Peanut. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, though, I would I mean, love I, a Kirby Mr. Peanut. I know that Mignola is a huge uh, Jack Kirby fan, and and you know that's what he kind of started out trying to emulate was Jack Kirby type stuff. Um, totally. Jr. Junior. Maybe. Oh yeah. hell yeah. You guys want to want to say anything more about Hellboy Midnight Circus besides the fact that it's beautiful and people? I hope really that anybody that There's... is listening to this picks it up because, especially if you're interested in, in comic book art, because it's it's a masterclass and mm-hmm. it's it's unbelievable. And there's a lot. I, th- I think reading it again and talking about it, there's a lot more story there, like throwaway things that mm-hmm. you can like really dig into, even though it's a it's a quick read. Yeah, it's very there, breezy, those, breezy read. But there's like symbols throughout it. Like those hobos are really interesting. That yeah, that's true. that's uh, yeah. Those transient people are pretty pretty scary, and they have all this backstory that's just sort of alluded to through like the images mostly. Yeah, well, and I'll they say talk, they talk about it. I guess definitely, definitely go read it. Go buy it if you want to buy it from uh, from your local comic shop or have them order it for you. Go ahead and do that. There's probably a couple of places online you can get it too. Uh, and while I wholeheartedly encourage you to actually purchase it if you've got Comixology, it was on there uh, for free. So give it a read, hmm. buy it if you love it, and that's how it rolls in 2020. <laughs> My new catchphrase. Just to add something is that you, we were talking about artists who you immediately recognize. Daniel Warren okay. Johnson, every time uh, I see the D-Dubs. tiniest little piece of his work... So you okay. know exactly who the oh, fuck okay. that is. You guys are and trying I... to piss me off now. You know what no, I'm saying. No, no, I love it. I just want to say, I just saw him on Twitter, and I love that man, and his art is so distinct, man. Uh, yeah. But anyway. That's true. I like it. I, let's just do a list. I like just doing lists. That's fine. We'll just list things for a while. Oh, yeah. That's well, one I... of our favorite things to do in the middle of the day. Sometimes when everybody's tired, we'll just be like, uh, name 
ha- name a movie, and then everybody <laughs> again. We name a movie, and then we say, yeah, good movie. Yeah, 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 yeah that's movie. a movie. Uh-huh. What, what's another one? <laughs> Deep Ditko's Doc Ock with the big. <laughs> Do you remember Riley, when it, it, it got to the point where we said, uh, where we said, uh, Do you guys know any numbers? <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. Well, we could probably call that an episode. Wait, do you, do you want think? me? Do you want me to tell tell an Oliver story? Oh hell oh yeah! God. Second oh family story time. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Is this? Uh, wait, 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 wait! What about the other one? Tell the other story. The one that you told one? me today. Yeah, so oh no, I, I don't want about Jim. What if that you kid? Rem- what you if said that remind us to tell you the Wang story. Which yeah. one is that? I'll tell you that. I don't. I'm afraid to tell the other one because I don't want him to hurt his feelings. Uh, well, just say, just say. Oh, okay. Yeah. No. Um. So, okay. This was a few, a couple years ago. I think Oliver was in kindergarten. So this would be four years ago. I don't know how I haven't told this one on this show yet. This is one of my favorites. And uh, Aaron and him are walking home from school. And he goes, he's just walking along. And he just goes, Mommy. Or no, this he was in first grade. Because he, here's what he said. He said, Mommy, I feel like my wang was bigger in kindergarten. <laughs> 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 and she's like, what? And he's like, my wang. I feel like it was bigger in kindergarten. <laughs> and she's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, it just was bigger in kindergarten. And she's like, what? And she said her face was getting red. And she was like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> and then he started playing with the front of his hair. Oh, <laughs> he's my going, God. My wing. And she's like, your bangs? Uh, <laughs> and he's God, like, He's like, what are bangs? And she's like, this. And he's like, oh, I thought that was called a wang. No. <laughs> oh, my God. Aaron had to think kid, she was on top of a, the most awkward that, moment she could ever have. That kid is a meme machine. Oh, my God. Well, and then she said, what she said was, uh, you've always had a small wang. Uh, <laughs> you will always have a small wang. I don't know why she said that. It was terrible. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it was pretty good. Any any more? Or you want to call it? Uh, I, oh yeah, the other one I can't tell because I'm afraid of hurting somebody's feelings. So Riley, I, I I have a I have an Oliver story, but I don't know if it would be as funny. Oh, was it just when I visited? Oh yeah, where he just was yelling from the back seat that he at Starbucks that he wanted a Coke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even he had never had a Coke in his life, and he just leaned forward and was like, "I want a Coke." <laughs> no, he didn't do that. He you ordered the order at. I was visiting Ryan. And mm-hmm. for whatever reason, there's the thing we're going to do while I'm visiting him in uh, Michigan is we go to Starbucks and it's mm. me and him and Oliver and Ryan makes his order. And then Oliver just screams at the top of his lungs and a Coke at the end. Yeah. They're like, do you want anything else? And he's like, and a Coke. <laughs> it was just so weird because it was like, it was so weird. I, I don't know. You've never had me. one. You're not allowed to have one. <laughs> I don't so, know where that came from. Oof. Kid. So that's pretty bad for you. Uh, I think that's an episode, guys. Thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Segment and His Amazing Friends. Riley, thanks for coming back on, brother. We'll thanks for having Riley, me. Riley, for Very not soon. following the rules and for not letting us record the Podcast audio individually. So much worse. Uh, so. You're a real asshole. Although I will say, Ethan, you are right. Your audio has been fantastic. Your internet oh, hasn't cut out at all. Hey! Uh, Griffin, your internet hasn't cut out. Usually you leave for a few minutes in the middle where i have to yeah. 
vamp to fill Griffin your always face. leaves to take a shit in the middle of every episode. <laughs> so. He starts Sometimes. out the episode eating, and then yeah, yeah. and then never really halfway takes through. Shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm on that IBS fucking shit schedule. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Being in there 20 minutes after eating, it's a classic. But what are you gonna do, Ryan? Any last words for the folks before we end it? Any uh, last words? <laughs> Um, Before I gotta take a shit and you gotta end the podcast yourself. Yeah, I I just wanted to say that the reason that I am always buying stuff on Amazon during the episodes is because I'm rich. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. a pretty good. And point. That, there's no other reason besides that, and I just want people to know that that's why I do it. And I don't want them to feel bad that they're not rich and that I am. Yeah, mm-hmm. of course not. Riley, any last words? Mm-mm. I'm good. <laughs> I ordered I ordered pizza while well, you were ordering books on Amazon. I was ordering pizza. Yeah, leave the part in where Riley tries to <laughs> order a pizza while we're on the air. We'll do order a pizza. We'll do it. Yes. You successfully <laughs> ordered the pizza. This pisses me off to no end. <laughs> last time you guys will hear Riley on an episode of Stag Man. Okay, next time I'll do it the way that you want. Alright. All right. Cool. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you have to hey. record later, then. That's the rules. All right. All right. We'll After talk the baby's in bed. All right. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. You can find us on Twitter at Stegman Show. You can email us, stegmanandfriends at gmail.com. We'll do a mailbag soon. If you guys get some emails in, you got questions or anything, or if you just want to tell us how much you love the show, because we know you do, you know, toss, toss us an email over there. Also, we're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Google Podcasts. Leave us a review on Apple podcast because it really helps the show and we appreciate it you know what else really helps is if you head on over to sheridanandsmith.com get yourself some merch get yourself a patreon subscription appreciate it that's it that's the end of the episode thanks so much for listening everybody take care bye-bye that the podcast you're listening to right now is actually part of a network of podcasts dubbed the amazing friends podcast network ethan parker smith i did griffin sheridan and did you know that for other great podcasts comics and more you can visit sheridan and smith.com huh no shit